Welcome everybody to Straight Shoot, a wrestling podcast. Do not adjust your screens. Your boy is back from Colombia. Actually, I can't say he's back from Colombia. He has rejoined us from Colombia. We got Mr. Santizap back on the Straight Shoot Wrestling Podcast for the first time in three and a half weeks. Santi, how's your vacation? Okay, let's call it how it's supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be on this episode. Scheduling mistakes on behalf of Steve forced me to have to jump onto this episode. And here I am as an emergency band-aid without my audio, without my gear, in the middle of a third world country. But nonetheless, we're going to talk some professional wrestling. Dude, first off, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, there was a scheduling mix-up, and I will completely own it, but... Honestly, it feels good to have you back, man. I miss the, as much as I love having Jade, as much as I love having Heel Kev, and some incredible content that we were able to create. Dude, it just feels good to have you back on the screen with me, dude. Like, tell me quickly, how's the third world Colombian jungle? Are you okay? Are you safe? Yeah. No, for the most part, I'm all right. Uh, I spent some time uh, in the mountains without any sort of internet connection. And then I went to the white sand beaches of Cartagena, which is just like a complete 360 degree. But then get this, the country of Colombia has now broken out into a small civil war as uh, the country's biggest cartel head has been arrested and extradited. So now all the members of the cartel, thousands of them, are blowing up cars, uh, attacking military convoys, and I'm just here. <laughs> okay, so, stuck. so I need to say, can you just please jump back on a plane because we've got something going here that we need to keep running for the next, like, year and a bit and, like, keep growing. So if you want to just jump onto a plane, I'm sure I can get a GoFundMe to get Santi out of Colombia. <laughs> I mean, if I ever get, you know, if I ever get taken hostage, maybe we can have one of the, maybe I can find one of these cartel guys, um, and maybe one of them ends up being a wrestling fan, and we can get a really unique perspective on the podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so Santi, before we get into the topic of the show, which is actually going to be a really interesting one, um, I just want to go over our following quick. Guys, our YouTube is blowing up. We're almost at 5,000 followers as of today. Um, I can say we are officially monetized. We are super excited about that. Uh, so we are actually, when Santi gets back, going to be pumping out triple the amount of content in the week. So you guys get to look forward to mine and Santi's opinion, uh, Santi and I doing shorts. There's going to be so much content that you guys are probably going to get sick of us, but we don't care. We just think it's the best way for you guys to engage and enjoy our content. Um, I want to give a shout out to our listeners on our Spotify and our, um, just on the podcast alone, we've got, I shouted out Nigeria last week. Yo, what up Nigeria? Like that is awesome. Uh, I want to shout out Newfoundland, Newfoundland, which is like on the East coast of Canada, small little rock Island. It's amazing. Um, we've got a lot of growth in New Zealand and Australia, so that's super awesome to see. Uh, we had Sweden this week. Uh, I believe we had Iceland. And I want to shout out Northern Mariana Island. Santi, I didn't know this place existed <laughs> until I looked at our RSS. Where the fuck is that? This is a very, very, very small island off the coast of the Philippines and north of Australia. Um, it's about 
four hours by boat um, north northeast of Sinapal. So, I'm. You, you describe directions in a way that I still don't understand where the fuck it is. I am telling you right now, I had no no idea this place existed. I had to look it up. Oh my god, we are reaching places on the planet that we didn't even know existed. So, thank you everyone help that is helping make this podcast what it is. Um, Santi and I would do it for fun, but you guys are making us enjoy it even more because you actually engage with us. So keep the comments coming, keep the likes coming, keep the subscriptions coming, and you guys are going to get triple the amount of uh, straight shoot in the coming weeks. So, Santi, why don't you kick it off? Let's talk about the topic of the show. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, like, let's just kind of jump into it. Um, It'll naturally most likely lead into a small Monday Night Raw review. But just before we jumped into this, we were kind of um, hitting our heads like, what do we want to talk about? And one of the biggest topics, not just on uh, in in wrestling TikTok, which is kind of where we live and breathe, but also just um, the IWC in general was Cody Rhodes as a whole being potentially problematic for the card and booking in WWE. And we're starting to see problems of that uh, with the, with, with the frankly, very poor booking, even though it was a fantastic match. Let's, 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 let's scrap that. Like I'm not talking about the quality of the match. We're talking about the incredibly poor booking in the decision to, for some reason, shoehorn in Cody Rhodes into a match in a part of the card that he has no business being in. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about his match between him and Austin Theory for the United States title. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into why we think that's a problem, and it'll naturally lead into a bigger conversation as to the problem as a whole with Cody Rhodes right now on the main roster on WWE. Yeah, I, I mean, sit back and relax, because whether you're a Cody lover or a Cody hater, um, I think we have some pretty clear-cut things that we're going to say that are going to be pretty difficult to dispute, whether, again, you're a Cody lover or a Cody hater. Yeah, and before we get into this, listen, I posted a video on TikTok, on my personal TikTok, um, shortly before Raw went on the air, and I'm, I think it's about 80,000 views I've had on this video about how I felt that this match was a problem. And you can call me a mark, you can call me a cynic, you can call me whatever you want on this. My opinion on this match and the poor sorry i will not say poor booking because the match in itself like santi said was a very very good match give theory credit he held his own with a 16-year veteran in the business in cody Rhodes. it was lazy booking if someone who yes okay i will say i have watched wrestling for a very long time and you can see the cracks in booking and how the storyline is being played out. If I can call the match to the almost perfect T, then that is lazy booking at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if you're noob to wrestling or if you're an experienced like professional wrestling uh, fan or supporter. You should not be able to do creative's job for them and post it openly on social media saying what's going to happen i'm not a psychic it's just obvious yes it's leading into hell in a cell yes it's leading to the third match but at the end of the day it's 
almost are we at too much cody santi like how many entrances does this guy get a night on monday night raw I, I mean that's also part of what i want to discuss like are we getting just too much cody Rhodes being put in front of us um and, and let's not go into that route just yet let's dissect the problem with that booking in that match and just uh, really quick all right so you've got austin theory who just became united states champion okay and then you have cody Rhodes who has been billed as a main event guy, all right? And now we're putting this proposed main event guy into a mid-card feud, and we're supposed to believe that they are going to put a mid-card title that's been predominantly ignored over the past two and a half years on this guy that's supposed to be a potential face of the business, also while at the same time diminishing and turning Austin Theory into a mid-card transitional champion? No shit that we were able to figure out what the outcome was going to be by just seeing the Instagram post. Of course, we knew that this was this match was going to have a screwy finish because you can't have Theory take a clean loss at this moment. You can't have Cody Rhodes. I think you can afford to have Cody Rhodes take a clean loss, but you can't afford. It was the other way around. You couldn't afford Cody Rhodes winning, right? So it was just so obvious what was going to happen, and I, I, I. I failed to understand the logic of why they needed to put Cody Rhodes in this situation for honestly no apparent reason just to set up a continued feud with Seth Rollins that doesn't really need Cody Rhodes being put in this unnecessary spotlight. Yeah, Santi, like, you're, I feel you're extremely right on this. Like, we are exactly one, two, three and a half weeks away from Hell in a Cell. Um, being, I believe, June 5th is the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I could have accepted five weeks, or, sorry, three and a half weeks of promo between Seth and Cody instead of this booking because after all the good work that austin theory has been doing he's becoming a very good heel he's making what we've been asking for for a number of months one of the mid-card titles relevant again you know like we've had i'll start throwing names out in a second of people that could have challenged austin theory for maybe like an open title match like, yeah, okay, we know he's not going to lose it, but it could have been something else. And I could have accepted Cody and Seth going back and forth in that friendly yet robust, sarcastic promo fight that they both know that they can do. And, you know, have a couple of pops at each other, hit a finisher, hit a Cody cutter halfway through, almost like Austin Rock back in the the late 90s, early 2000s, where they didn't even have to have a match. It was just someone's going to hit their finisher and one-up them every week and build into, you know what, we need to finish this in the cell. I think that was one of those things where booking could have really uh, creative really could have done a lot of good there with with the theory point where i was going with it you've had veer on since you know january messing with uh jobbers like uh value village wardlow that he just dealt with uh or uh whatever his name was frank and all these l local guys that are just coming up 
do an open challenge, have Veer come out and finally have a, you can still have a screwy finish in that and still keep Veer looking strong. You know, or like Theory just saying, you know what, this guy's too much for me. I'm going to take the title, take a count out and walk away. But this, this really diminished the value of the U.S. title. And they, it was like walking up a flight of stairs and it turning into a slide like snakes and ladders and going right back down from the start. You know, five steps forward, five steps back is what they've just done. Yeah, this is um, something that's become fairly prevalent, especially at the start of the pandemic era of WWE, which is the, the how do I put this, creative wanting to push certain storylines by almost either intentionally or, dimin- or, or on purpose diminishing other superstars or other storylines that are going on at the moment. That's something that's been going on, honestly, a little bit too much throughout the entire pandemic era. I can give you a very good example. Look at the storyline that they try to build for a really long time between The Miz and Otis. The Miz wins the the WWE Championship only to be immediately squashed by Bobby Lashley. And the purpose of that was to diminish one particular superstar, one entire storyline, for the sake of one particular main event push, which is the Bobby Lashley push. And of course, this is nowhere near as bad because we didn't have a complete burial of Austin Theory, but it's giving me the feeling that that's what they were trying to do, where they were prioritizing the storyline of Cody Rhodes and, and, uh, and, and Seth Rollins, which is admittedly a prime time A plus uh, storyline that needs to be pushed. But it did not need to be pushed at the expense of Austin Theory in the United States title. That's the problem right now. And it's unfortunate because Cody has actually been putting on some really good matches, although kind of cheating because he's been having really good matches with amazing workers. Um, but again, whatever. I, it almost seems like I'm nitpicking at this point. Um, but the point just stands that Theory is on the upward trend. Cody Rhodes and uh, and Seth Rollins are not on an up, an upward trend because they're already at the top. They're already up, yeah. right? We don't need to use Austin Theory and the United States title as a stepping stone to turn this into a blood feud. The blood feud is already there, right? Exactly. I'm thinking of the likes of, remember how uh, Eddie Guerrero versus... Uh, Rey Mysterio started a friendly feud of I'm better than you and it ultimately ended up culminating into a ladder match for the custody of Dominic. I'm not, I, I hope it doesn't lead to a custody of anybody, custody of, of Seth Rollins' kid. Um, but they were doing a really good job similar to what that feud was where it started into front from friendly banter into more seriousness into eventually a blood feud and it didn't need to be done by stepping on the back of Austin Theory in the United States title. Yeah, and I... Th- I absolutely and the the one thing is we look back three weeks ago or two weeks ago also, uh, uh seth and cody shake hands in the middle of the ring right after mania and now it's gone even from that a little screwy like it was like there was a respect thing there and now it's like they're almost trying to slightly pull cody just a little bit away from seth but once again like let's not take anything away from the third part of this kind of proverbial love triangle that's going on with this match from Seth Rollins. Timing, creativity, 
how Seth can carry a storyline, he came out and did the business. And he did the business well. The stomp on the table is perfect. Heel, almost authority version Seth Rollins, which we all we all know we all loved. And if you didn't love that version of Seth Rollins, hit me in the comments because I think you're lying. But Seth is able to do almost no wrong at this point in his ability in the ring, outside of the ring, on the mic, just his mannerisms, everything. Is, I am pro Seth Rollins right now. Um, but again, like, I would have almost wanted him to, like, deal with Cody. And if they really want to build this into a love triangle feud and maybe for some reason ruin Hell in a Cell, have him go attack Theory backstage right after it. And be like, stay out of my business. Like, Cody is not your business. And then you have other potential for growth. Move Theory up the ladder just a little bit more, you know? We're, we're going into more opportunity after Hell in a Cell, you know? So, it's one of those things where they tried to lay a platform, but the cement was definitely not hard enough. And, or there was missing ingredients, and I feel that a lot of people are going to lose interest in this Cody-Seth feud if this Hell in a Cell match is not a almost rated a top five of all time match. If they can't pull out, I hate to say this, an Undertaker Foley a uh, Triple H Sean, something of that caliber, this whole booking scenario from last Monday is the catalyst to start breaking the proverbial camel's back. Yeah, okay, so then let, let's talk about this, right? Because um, in in my view, the next pay-per-view after it's is it is it Money in the Bank? I don't know if we've confirmed that the next pay-per-view after Hell in a Cell is Money in the Bank. I haven't. I, I haven't confirmed. Keep talking. I'll look it okay. up. So what, where I was going with this is, is the following. Okay, so this has to be the blow-off feud between um, Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. I don't think that we can. It would make sense for them to do another match. Otherwise, we'd just be getting a rerun of 2002 Shawn Michaels versus Triple H, where they did like 17 pay-per-views in a row. Um, that if that puts us at money, in money the bank, it is money in the bank. July 4th. Okay, here's where I'm going with this continued discussion. Are they going to put the Money in the Bank briefcase on Cody Rhodes? If they do this, which I'm not saying is wrong, I'm not saying that you you shouldn't. My concern is. Are we going to continue to be getting Cody Rhodes shoved down our throat? And this is kind of what I feel like we're getting on every every Monday night. Like you said, this man gets like three pyro entrances an episode, right? He takes the entire pyro budget. He's being put in in upper card feuds. He's being put in mid card feuds. Are they going to put the briefcase on him? Is he then going to main event SummerSlam? Are we going to get tired of Cody Rhodes? I look, I I. I love the fact that WWE is treating an AEW guy well, mm -hmm. all right? Don't get me wrong. They have a history of treating external talent, let's call them that, poorly. Everyone from WCW, 
all right, can can be put into that graveyard of being just booked into oblivion when coming into WWE. I like the fact that they are creating this picture of, look, AEW guys, if we try to go after you and sign you, don't listen to what CM Punk has been saying. It is greener over here. You can make more money, and we are going to put the spotlight on you. Look how we're doing it with Cody Rhodes. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that we are getting too much of a spotlight and by the end of SummerSlam come um, October uh, Survivor Series season we're going to be fucking sick of this guy yeah it, it, it's it's getting to a point where it's almost it's almost taking over the network I, I'm, I don't know what Peacock shows in the US but like Cody was just on the Broken Skull session yes okay he's new he's the new favorite toy in WWE of course Austin's gonna want him on the show, but look how long we screamed for the likes of Sasha Banks on the Broken Skull Sessions. We screamed for Randy Orton on the like Randy Orton. Randy Orton sending out tweets saying, "Hey Steve, like, get me on the fucking Broken Skull Session." You know, Bubba Ray Dudley, Bully Ray, legends of this business, and within five weeks we have cody rhodes so we have cody rhodes on raw we have cody Rhodes. you're seeing at after every i think you made this point after every digital commercial of raw or smack even smackdown you're getting an image of cody rhodes last um have we all forgotten who no i'm not trying to say this as a joke but have we we all forgotten who's running WWE right now? Roman Reigns. He's the dual champion. He's been champion for over 600 days. How are we getting Cody in everything? And theory. So, sorry? I said I have a theory. Please. Please cut me off. Go ahead. No, please. Theory. Okay. Um, so uh, recent reports have come out. Well, there were concerns that Roman Reigns was retiring, right? That he made that speech in New Jersey that he was retiring. People may be concerned that his uh, cancer was back or he was going off to Hollywood. Everything was, was being thrown out there in the internet. It turns out that Roman Reigns has agreed to a contract where he has to work less, where he gets to work less, I should say. New five um, years. Five oh, years, by the way. Yeah, five years. Um, from the sounds of it, almost no house shows, probably with the exception of the major ones, probably like Madison Square Garden, Staples Center, etc. Um, perhaps they are concerned uh, about potentially losing Roman Reigns to something bigger in the future, so they're trying to build that foundation with somebody with the likes of Cody Rhodes. Here's the problem, Steve. What happened in 2018, 2017, when they tried to push somebody so hard in front of us as the baby face of the company, we fucking turned on him and hated him. His name is Roman Reigns, okay? So we, we've seen the blueprint of this fail miserably and not work. It took an entire repackage of Roman Reigns from the big dog to the tribal chief to have this character work and he didn't even end up becoming the face of your company he ended up becoming the heel of your company which I, I wasn't using face literally as like the 
front page promotional um, uh, man um, for for your company. I meant the literal face heel term within wrestling terms. Um, and and I'm concerned that this current version of Cody Rhodes, as good as the work that he's doing in WWE, because I'm not talking in ring capabilities, because in ring capabilities, he's a ten out of ten master at the at the craft. I'm talking about him being booked into a position where fans are going to resent him because everywhere we turn, we are going to see Cody Rhodes. And the problem with us resenting him is that he's made it clear that he's not going to turn face. Steve, part of the reason you hate John Cena is because he never turned face. Cody Rhodes... Heel. Heel. Is, excuse me, yeah, he never turned heel. Cody Rhodes has made it fairly apparent that he has no interest in turning heel. So that puts us into a corner where, one, Cody Rhodes is nowhere near the cultural icon that John Cena was, so he's not going to be able to just brute force his way of not turning heel. All right? So the other scenario is what Roman Reigns did, where he turned heel and became and flourished into this amazing character, but he's not willing to turn heel. So where the hell does that leave Cody Rhodes in a potential three, four years down the line when fans are resenting him, but he's not willing to turn heel? The answer is exactly where he was in AEW, where fans were resenting him and refusing to turn heel. So that is my concern that we are going to book Cody Rhodes into the same dead-end street that he was over in AEW. Am I wrong for thinking that? No, you're absolutely correct. Cody Rhodes, at this rate, is going to get booked organically into an anti-face. He is going to end up like he was in AEW. He is going to turn into... It's going to turn into a situation where when Cody comes out and that woe hits on Kingdom... Nobody's saying a thing except for booing him out the door where he just walked in from. And I, my question to you, I, I came up with a question uh, while you were go- getting right into it. What happens if it is Cody that dethrones Roman and it's Cody as a face? Is there actually a pop, or is it back to the Undertaker-Lesnar? Yes, okay, two different levels, guys. I get it. Hit me in the comment. I don't care. But is it that same reaction? Like, yeah, we know that was going to happen. Like, it's almost like you told us eight months ago that you've prepared it to be Cody, and it's like, we rather still see Roman for another 400 days. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we, we have a problem here. It, it's, it's a dead-end street in a lot of scenarios um, because you are taking the title off a guy who is over in, in a stratosphere that we haven't seen a heel be. I can't think of the last time that we had a heel, a, a pure, true heel, be this far over. I if 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 while I'm going on the stand and if you can think of one, Austin. let me know because Austin, but he wasn't a pure heel. That's what I'm saying. I this this guy's a pure heel. He isn't an anti-authority. He is a bad guy. I cannot think of a WWE superstar in the history of the sport that is as over as Roman Reigns is as a pure heel. Maybe Rock. Maybe Rock. That's about it. But even then, he had the crowd in the palm of his hands. 
doing his chants, laughing. So even The Rock is arguably not a pure heel in those times. So I can't think of one. So we have this guy who is over as a heel, something so, so rare. And in an age, by the way, where the smart fans like to root for the heel. So we have a heel who is likable, who is being rooted to by the smart fans. And you really think that the best way to get Cody over is by dethroning that guy? So that that's the problem that they've put themselves, one, with Roman Reigns, and two, with Cody Rhodes. I don't know how they take the title off of Roman Reigns without making that... Almost the only way that I can think of is he, that he loses it to another heel. Double swerve. Or a, or a swerve. No, yeah, uh, sorry, a, swerve. A, a double turn. A just double like, uh, a la WrestleMania 13... Brett Austin, right? But Steve, Cody won't turn heel. Uh, so he, at this point, if Cody if Cody if Cody wants the if Cody wants the world title, he has to go heel. That's the only thing, because he will I, get booed out the fucking building if he wins it off Roman Roman as a face. It has to be the I most think. savage savage heel at this point. Santi, I was watching. What was it? I was watching SmackDown last week. I think it was Roman kicked off SmackDown last week. And the music hit. The booze hit for a second. And then they pan to the crowd. And all you see is 60% of the crowd throwing up the one. And I'm like, this is Bullet Club, you know, TN... Or, sorry, uh, not Bullet Club. Um, oh, God. Bully Ray's faction. Um, Ace. This is Aces and eight tna mid-2000s they were heels but everybody loved them and this is this... i guarantee you steve that those boos were fake oh that was pumped in sound i'm almost certain has to I'm be almost certain has to be i was walking watching narcolepsy boys uh video on uh tiktok earlier of uh roman's entrance at wrestlemania nobody was booing he's that over he is so over. Like, the, the biggest heels I can think of from any any era where they're supposed to be this hated, the only time I can think of it is when Hogan turned and went to the NWO. He was, he was genuinely, like, death threat hated. Roman, they are billing Roman to this. And everyone's just saying, keep pushing them. Keep doing it. We want more. Like, it makes no sense how they take the title off this man. And back to the topic of the show. It's not Cody as much as everyone thinks, yes, we'll build them. But smart booking. It's not Cody, y'all. It's almost better that Cody would have won the U.S. title and stayed mid-card. But for the amount of money they just signed him for, Cody's in a catch-22 right now, and I don't think Cody sees it. Yeah. Yeah, I think the catch-22 is is the best way to put it. Either either approach that he takes. Every road. Ah, see what I did there? Every road leads to Cody Rhodes needing to turn heel. Every single road leads to that. And that is part of the reason why he left AEW. So 
that's that was my entire argument. WWE is booking him in the exact same way that AEW booked him, where he's having phenomenal matches. But we got to understand that WWE is sports entertainment. There's something that ha- that needs to be booked properly outside of what happens in the ring. You put Cody Rhodes in the ring with a fucking rock, he's going to put on a great match, all right? But there's no story there, all right? There's no there's no way to continue to elevate Cody Rhodes if you have him in a match with a rock. The point that I'm saying is, um, is that it's not just what happens in the ring, all right? He's doing phenomenal work in the ring, but WWE, the way that they are booking him, it is with blinders on. They have blinders and they are taking him in one direction and it is the one direction where the AEW took him and it is the one direction that's going to lead to fan resentment and hatred mm-hmm. and it naturally is going to have to lead to Cody Rhodes becoming a heel if he wants to take that title off of Roman Reigns because a face cannot be Roman Reigns. That is where we're at right now. A face cannot be Roman Reigns. Roman Honestly, right now, the the only person that I could see beating Roman Reigns and actually getting a proper reaction, like a proper boo for what they are, would be Baron Corbin because he's hated. If he wins the title, he'll continue to be hated. I'm not saying that's what I want. I'm just saying that if we were to put Cody in this situation and you want the fan reaction to be a pop, a, 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 a celebration – it's not going to be what you're what you're wanting, right? That's the problem with the booking of Cody Rhodes, and that is the overall problem that could take a year or two to really develop. But that's where it's going. Can I can I ask you something? Because it came to my attention the other day with who all the champions are right now. Now we've currently got a face Ronda Rousey, we have a face Bianca Belair, and we have an anti-face heel Roman Reigns. All three are technically very over, but the two women's champions are... The people are losing their luster on Bianca, and you're starting to hear it. It's not just my hatred. You are genuinely starting to hear it in the crowd. Like, the pop isn't as big anymore. There are slight boos. Ronda... Yes, okay, she's loved right now, but that's because everyone hated Charlotte. And Charlotte, the entitled bitch that she is, she's gone away now. Just remember, when Ronda Rousey left, she was the worst person on the planet, and nobody wanted Ronda Rousey in WWE. So really, we're moving towards three champions that... If Bianca loses it, it has to be to a straight heel. And really, there is not one straight heel on Raw right now that you can foresee unless the newly returning Alexa goes heel. No, well, well Son- now. Well, okay. Really now. But are they really going to force Rhea right into a title situation with the whole Liv Morgan thing? okay hold on i i do have a point where i'm going with this okay it's a bigger it's a bigger picture ronda unless lacey evans actually is a heel turn is the only thing that i can see a good feud 
and apparently Lacey's now going over to Raw. So now I'm confused. Santi, do we have just an overall issue with creative and booking right now? Honestly, with how we're seeing everything, we have no stories with really any champion. None of the big champions have a story because Cody's not even in championship talks right now. He's more focused on Seth and, for some reason, Theory. Do we have an issue with true contenders, true booking, and true story in sports entertainment in WWE right now? I'll say my answer is yes and no. Um, yes is the literal answer, like if you look at it at face value. But I'll, I'm also going to go ahead and say no because this is a pretty common seasonal effect. If you look at what happens almost every year after WrestleMania with the main titles, it always ends up being these transitional feuds until we get to Money in the Bank, until we get to SummerSlam. Look at last year, right? What was Roman's feud? Do you even remember? No. Exactly. It was Cesaro, a transitional feud. We had a lot of we we tend to go through a lot of these for for new champions um, right after WrestleMania or right after major events. So I think it's something to be expected when these major champions, either they retain or they just win their new championship. They're the new toy of WWE going into their new season. So you're trying to. Um, put them in feuds where, you know, they're naturally going to win. Bianca Belair getting put into a feud with Sonya Deville. Did any, does any of, do any of us really genuinely believe that? No, right? Roman Reigns, who knows if he's, like, injured or whatnot, but he probably was, I mean, they apparently were thinking of putting him in a feud with Shinsuke Nakamura. That would have been an identical scenario as Cesaro last year. So, yes and no is my answer. No, because it seems to happen every year. And yes, because on paper, every champion right now does not have a meaningful feud. But that's going to have to change going into Money in the Bank and going into SummerSlam. It's, it's, it's almost like, though, with Money in the Bank, they use it. Or sorry, let me correct, uh, correct myself. Um, with Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell is a massive pay-per-view, and it has been for years. A lot of the biggest moments that you can remember uh, in your your era and mine are Hell in a Cell. But they use it at the... It's almost like they use it at the wrong time of the year. Like, I remember, I believe, when Hell in a Cell used to be in, like, moving into October, end of September. And this in this June scheduling, for the transitional period that we're calling it, of feuds why waste such a massive opportunity for feuds spots story on this pay-per-view and not utilize i grant granted i love the 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 castle thing that they've got going on in wales whatever they're calling it something in the castle but why not make that a hell in a cell and just make it in Wales and just have a, a nothing, uh, not a vengeance, but like, well, you could have had a vengeance after a backlash or even done a random in your house and brought that back, you know, like something that's more not as important. Yeah. Bad blood was usually the pay-per-view where we had a hell in a cell. Yeah. 
Typically. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you overall. Um, and, and we're going to see this lull for a little while. Um, and I mean, bringing it back to the Cody Rhodes conversation, the lull for these usually starts or I guess stops um, come money in the bank when we start to get the more um, the more premier feuds, shall we call them, because they as they head into into SummerSlam. Where are they putting Cody Rhodes past Money in the Bank? That's my question. Because if if their intention is to put him in the world title, look, okay, let me let me circle back and start again with with where where I'm going with this. If the intention is to have The Rock versus Roman Reigns, and you don't want a title on the line, are we having Cody Rhodes defeat Roman Reigns at SummerSlam? Because that's the only other pay per view where it makes sense. Nope. That's the only other pay-per-view where it makes sense. That's, in my eyes, that's too early. And two, I mean, you'll you'll be four months in with your new toy and Cody Rhodes, and people are already going to hate him. The only thing that makes sense is day one next year. It, yeah, because I I do remember the uh, the I guess the the reports that day one is supposed to moving forward be another major pay-per-view. Um, it was kind of. Um, ruined last year by the inability of being able to have Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. People forget that that was supposed to be the main event of day one. What main evented your WrestleMania, folks, was supposed to main event day one. Day one is supposed to be a major pay-per-view for WWE. Maybe you're right, Steve. Maybe we have it happen at a day one if we're not going to have Roman Reigns versus The Rock be for, for the title. If it happens at SummerSlam, dear God, the booze that that Cody Rhodes is going to get, maybe he won't get them at SummerSlam, Steve, because of like the initial shock of it happening. Yeah. Remember when you popped for Shane McMahon? It's just like the natural body reaction. But after that, people are going to turn on him. Yeah. They're going to turn on him 100%. So yeah. and the only thing that makes yeah, and the, the the only thing that makes sense, I'm just thinking for the Roman Rock potential in L.A., that's a really good three month buildup. Like literally the Raw after. Well, sorry, SmackDown, depending on the draft, but Roman's just moving back and forth anyways right now, so it doesn't matter. So I'd say the Raw after, because they're not gonna bring him out. They're not gonna. They won't bring Rock out in the February. For a one-month build, like you remember the Cena feud, that was was a year, or even up before the before that, it was a good six months. And if yeah, you... and even Rock Cena two was like three months because it was immediately after Royal Rumble. Yeah, so you're looking. I still think Ezekiel wins the Money in the Bank just because I I know I'm going crazy on this, but I still think Ezekiel wins the Money in the Bank, but. The issue that we have battered into this conversation is that we are getting so much Cody Rhodes that I'm almost dreaming about about that blonde hair at this point. You know, like it's it's so prevalent and like even on commercials, it's 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 it there is something that WWE needs to do to kind of reel that in just a little bit. It's almost it's almost like you know when that one new girl came to the high school and she was 
kind of hot and like all the guys were like all about it and just talking and talking and talking and then you found out that she had absolutely no personality at this point this is the vibe i'm getting from cody rhodes yes he's a great in-ring performer but the promos aren't changing the moniker is not changing the entrance is getting old real quick and he's had it for like three and a half weeks I love Kingdom, but I'm hearing it three times a night, and we don't even hear Roman three times a night. And Roman's the face of your company. Yeah, I think you're not. You and I are pretty much entirely in agreement there. Um, it's it's a dead end where they're going. Again, I just want to reiterate. I think it's ultimately great that they're booking an outside guy as well. At, which wouldn't say as well. Uh, I think in their eyes, they're booking him as well um, as any of their top guys um, because that could lead to more AEW talent making the jump over to WWE. And clearly with Cody Rhodes jumping, you know, it's not out of the ordinary to potentially think that somebody like the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega jump over. You can use the argument that they, they're executive vice president. So is Cody, so right? Is Cody. So anyone is up for grabs. Um, when it comes to contract negotiations, at the end of the day, these guys do these guys do things, do what they do for money, and as well as how they're treated in the company that they go to. And if these AEW guys are looking at Cody getting these spotlights, getting the payday, maybe we do end up getting these other AEW guys because of the way that they're booking Cody. So you know, like we're complaining. Um, you, we are i just want to clarify we're not complaining about the about the business side of things because i think like you've got a face you're paying them a ton of money make them like drain them for money right sell us t-shirts put them everywhere i get that you and i are more so complaining as a fan watching tv in the same way that if you and i were to complain about a bad plot twist in a movie that's kind of the, the the way that you and i are, are complaining about it and so maybe at the end of the day you know what maybe we're so dead wrong and cody rhodes is just this money machine and wwe has another mass giant quarterly profit and these two idiots on the street shoot wrestling podcast don't fucking matter but hey you know what this is a podcast run by fans not analysts not insiders so we are giving you the perspective of what many fans are seeing and what they are seeing is cody rhodes being forcefully force-fed in every orifice of our bodies yeah and, and it's I, annoying us yeah absolutely and i think the one thing that you said there uh that stands out is we are a podcast by fans for fans i don't think that should be our slogan but i think at the end of the day like we're just two guys that love talking wrestling um, I still think WWE watches because they are booking almost as we are making creative on the fly on a Wednesday night. Um, so we're going to start wanting, um, you know, yeah, get, us some pay cuts. Get, a, get us some pay cuts for the, especially for the Omos swerve. Um, anyways, so, but no, at the end of the day, Santi, I think, I think you and I have hit the nail on the head on this. Um, I have a feeling we are going to get called Mark's left, right, and center on this one, and I'm completely okay with it because at the end of the day, as wrestling fans, we are allowed opinions, and 
we shoot back better than any comment that gets shot at us. So feel feel free to bring it on. So uh, that that is. I mean, I, I was, what I was going to say is like what we are doing is no different than some reviewer reviewing the latest Doctor Strange movie, right? Like we are seeing it at face value. And we are giving it our opinions, whether it's a positive or a negative. Um, I mean, we've been talking positives for a lot of uh, the last few episodes that I've been on. How hilarious and amazing we think uh, Kevin Owens and Ezekiel is. By the way, we didn't even talk about Ken Owens. Kevin Owens' brother, which so funny. That segment is hilarious. Brilliant. This is what I mean. This is the type of surface level that we're at. We really are a surface level podcast where we don't necessarily have to go deeper into talking about insider scoops or talking about like a like true genuine analysis of the business as a whole. We're surface level. What we see is what we review, and what we're seeing is not something that we like. No, exactly. We don't need to talk about dirt sheets. We don't need to talk about uh, wrestlers in their personal lives and who we hate and who actually hates a bad word, who we dislike uh, because of them as a person or th- choices they make in their personal lives or what have you. We don't talk about that shit. We talk about what we see on TV. If we like it, we don't like it. Santi comes from one generation. I come from another generation of wrestling and we just work off of each other for our knowledge. And if you want to shoot on us, fine, shoot on us because we're giving you an honest, open review and opinion on what we see in professional wrestling as a whole. I don't know why it feels like we're trying to defend ourselves here, Santi. Um, Maybe you can take this from me, but I don't feel we need to be saying this, but it's almost like... It's one of those times because of the new shiny toy and it's already getting dull on us because of how much it's being played with. No, I don't have anything to add. Like, I think you, you kind of said it. I think we are sort of trying to soften the blow of what we're saying by just sort of like explaining to you, explaining to people where we're coming from. Like we're not coming from a place of like sitting in our mom's basements covered in Cheetos and upset at like, the world of professional wrestling like it's just like am i having fun watching what they're putting in front of me yes or no that's pretty much the entirety of where this conversation stems from mm-hmm. um so just understand that like again we're not trying to diminish the work of cody rhodes in fact i've said numerous times that his in-ring wrestling is top-notch and absolutely stellar but again wwe is more than just what happens in the ring it's what happens when it comes to storylines and the feelings that it makes you feel when you're watching and i just don't like what we're getting with cody rhodes no that's it that's all exactly all right guys we are going to wrap up the show but i am going to add one quick little segment into this i i want to get something from you guys santi and i did mention at the start of the podcast that um we are going to be tripling our content now, when you are about to triple content, especially on a audio podcast and a visual YouTube podcast, you need content. So what I am going to say for the comments of this video, please, first off, comment on your opinion on what we were talking about Cody Rhodes. We would love to hear that. Secondly, I want comments of ideas for what you guys want us to talk about on our one hour podcast. And then what you guys want us to talk about or go over or review or just hear from us on a kind of day-to-day basis on a short 20 to 25 minute video. So in the comments below, 
Give us your ideas for us. What do you want from Santi personally? What do you want from me? And we will go through everything and we're going to decide what we feel fits for the podcast and we want to engage with you guys more because there's been a lot of comments about you know show us the behind the scenes show us the bloopers that kind of thing give us your ideas we want to hear from you in the comments and also don't forget to put the bell on and subscribe to the youtube channel santi one more thing make sure if you are listening on spotify to actually follow us on Spotify um, and in any other podcast service. If it gives you the ability to leave a rating or follow, make sure to do that there as well. Like Steve said, we keep shouting out these random ass places that keep appearing on the, uh, on our analytics. So, um, I mean, I still, Steve has his fingers crossed for the, uh, what was it? The Faroe Islands. I want the Faroe Islands. I want the Faroe Islands so bad. I want the Faroe Islands and I want uh, Greenland. I want Greenland. Uh, give me, Papua New Guinea. I know there's one of you out there. Give me Papua New Guinea. I want to see a listener from there. Do not let me down. <laughs> All right, Santi, plug yourself. Where you, where can everyone find you? Oh, buddy, people can now find me on TikTok, Mr. Santi's app. I put really serious wrestling content on there, so make sure to follow it. Um, it's definitely not a parody in any way, shape, or form. Um, if you're a John Cena fan, definitely follow me. Um, I think you're going to like what you see. But aside from that, you can find me on twitch.tv slash app. I am still away um, from Canada for a couple more weeks, so if I do appear on the podcast, it'll be in this limited fashion with not my right camera angle not my right audio equipment but it's still me doesn't matter where i am so you'll still get me myself and i all right what about you all right guys you can find me on uh just the straight shoot tiktok you guys if you know who i am i'm on tiktok as well as mr tesh um you can find me on twitch.tv slash mr tesh but unfortunately i am on a hiatus from twitch because I'm absolutely shocking with OBS, so I need to wait for Santi to come back from Colombia, reset everything for me, and I will be back in June, probably around the same time as, as Santi is. Um, so other than that, and don't forget to follow us on all platforms of the Straight Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Santi, thank you so much for saving my ass. I know you you left me in control of this, and I had to call almost the proverbial big brother to save me from drowning in the sea of no guests. But thank you so much for joining me in, from Colombia, and uh, I can't wait for you to get back so we can get this uh, rolling onto the next level of everything. All right. We'll take care, everybody. Welcome back, Alexa Bliss.